0: I don't remember if I talked about this last week because every day is mushing together into one long day at this yeah. point, and the weeks are even worse. But I'm having a really hard time getting up and getting ready for this podcast on time. It used to not be a problem at all because my kids would have to be up at six o'clock in the morning for school. We would get up, they'd leave. I'd do like, you know, my Italian, have some coffee, go for a run, come back here, take a shower, and then I'm like down here fifteen twenty minutes before the podcast. Now it's like. Eight thirty, and I've been rolling around in bed for an hour, and I wake up and go, I have to be down there in thirty minutes, and I haven't uh, showered, and I haven't had any coffee, and
1: I, uh, <laughs> uh, so that's why I was late this morning. All oh, your mile markers in a day are all gone. Yeah, it's mm. so weird. Yeah.
0: I, overall, the schedule thing doesn't mess with me too much, but getting out of bed in the morning, not having like a a thing that forces me up at a certain time, yeah, that's the that's the biggest hurdle i'm having with all this right now for sure how are you
1: guys (laughs) (laughs) similar similar
2: similar different it's weird Uh, i mean like for me it hasn't changed my schedule too much there's there's still plenty to do but just the fact that kelly only works two or three days a week now like when she gets to sleep in it just motivates me or unmotivates me to get up out of bed i'm like yeah i want to sleep in too i want to hang out and i don't know just with everybody being home i'm like i want to hang out with everybody at home instead of actually getting work done
1: yeah i don't have any hard times going into the shop i could spend it's it's been the struggle between taylor and i it's she's like you can just go to the shop and just never leave it's just like now is the time for family time so for the last two days it was just full time family time. And we we went over, visited a friend nearby just to see if he was okay. He's usually having some problems, but he's doing okay. And uh, but over the whole weekend it was just family time. And and it's a little bit of a struggle for me. Like I really do want to be in the shop the whole time, especially since like Friday late afternoon. I started a project. I did I have to lathe. I'm making a set of stools. I'm making a set of stools for my kitchen. And I'm lathing. 16 legs so they all have to be exactly the same so friday late in the afternoon i made my very first one and i'm like dying to throw the second one on to try and match it Uh, so i've been literally waiting like 72 hours to get back in there to try that second leg it's been driving me crazy (laughs) but right after this i'll do it
2: somebody tore into me in my comments the other day telling me that I did a lathe project, and that lathing, lathe, to lathe is not a verb, and he's been a machinist for like 40 oh years, so please use the correct nomenclature, terminology, or whatever, when you're, when you're speaking. <laughs> so what is it? Is it... Is it Turning, so I guess? It. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm going to use the word lathing a lot more. You can't use the the, uh, the, the noun <laughs> lathe as, a, as an adverb, lathing. Apparently. I am... I am not an authority on the matter, so I don't know.
1: I'm going to title my video, Lathing 16
2: Table was,
0: I was just going to say we should title this podcast, Lathing. (laughs) (laughs) Lathing around.
2: So people replied with, like, you must be fun at parties. So I just let it go, (laughs) but I thought it was funny. uh, Because I purposely, like... I'll go into something not knowing a a lot about it. And i don't like, I don't know what this is called, but we're just going to dive in and and do it. And then, you know, somebody will, usually people will correct me in the comments in a nice manner. But sometimes you get the, well, I've been doing this for so many years and I'm an expert. And if you're an expert, why are you watching my videos? (laughs) 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 Touche.
0: On no instructions when we we build Lego sets. And... To the uh, the proper people, you, Lego is the plural of Lego. Oh, I've heard this. Yeah. So you never say Legos, but like I grew up saying Legos because yeah. who cares, right? It makes no, it's a made up word anyway. So <laughs> just because the people that made it up decided that they wanted the same word to be the plural, whatever, I, it's not a big <laughs> deal to me. But people correct us all the time. So then now we just kind of lean into it, nice. and we're just like, you know, <laughs> put emphasis on the s there. Just Legos.
1: To, <laughs> Legos. Uh, Well, it's funny, this podcast wasn't going to be about grammar, but if you notice, there are, (laughs) as time goes on, words change because people just force them to change. And Mm then, you know, the the grammar Nazis get all upset, but in time, the world catches up and then that grammar changes. Case in point, last night I was looking at a catalog it was a the craftsman magazine from 1955 and it's all home projects I was thinking of you Dave it's got some really good beautiful pictures in it and mm-hmm. I happened to see a place that says mail away for plans to how to build something and it was in Pennsylvania but the abbreviation for Pennsylvania was spelled p-e-n-n-a oh yeah that's not yeah. what it is anymore is it isn't it just p-a
2: yeah, every every yeah. state has two, and you'll see a lot of postcards from Toledo that'll say Toledo, comma O, like they don't use O H. And wow, wow. that's a uh, that's being very efficient. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> two letters? What are you crazy? We don't so, let's go to that. There one was
1: a moment in time where somebody <laughs> got a postcard from somebody in Pennsylvania, and it said P A, and he wrote them back and said, "I've lived in Pennsylvania for a very long time, and the <laughs> correct abbreviation. I'm a professional Pennsylvanian, and the correct." is Mm. (laughs) p-e-n-n-a and then his professionalism didn't stick and it went the wrong way so lathing I'm going to be lathing a bunch of legs for these wooden stools I'm doing I'm actually it's a weaver it's a sponsored weaver video and and they said to me at a I do a video for them once every other month, and they said to me last month, "They're like, hey, for your next video for us, just do whatever you want, but use a little bit of leather in it. We just don't. It doesn't have to be a wallet or a stamp thing or something." Yeah. And so I'm making these stools out of walnut, and I'm using my new big lathe, which we got running in only two speeds out of four. That the other two speeds don't work; they blow the fuse. But I'll talk about that in a minute. So the lathe works beautifully. It has a low speed and a high speed right now. So like I said. Speed one works, speed two doesn't, speed three works, speed four doesn't. So in speed three, it works. seems seems to work great. And the, the most beautiful thing about this wooden lathe that I have is that it doesn't move because it weighs 2,000 pounds. My other mm. Fox, shop Fox lathe, I never bolted it to the ground because I never wanted to identify like a permanent spot for it. But it vibrates, it moves around, I, I go to push on it and it shoves out of the way. So that's why I needed something that was super heavy. And it works great so far. But like I said, I did just the one leg and I'm dying to get into the shop to do the rest. So, so I know there's a bunch
0: of different ways to pattern things on the lathe and make copies of stuff. I've never done any of them, but I've seen mm-hmm. several different ones. How are you planning to do that many of the same thing? By eye?
1: Uh, yeah, straight left? up old school. I have... The the lathe the chisel rest for this lathe is like thirty inches long because it's this big old industrial machine. So the leg the leg lays completely across the whole entire chisel chisel perch. And on the chisel rest I've marked indications. Like at this point it should be one and five sixteenths thick. At this point it should be one inch thick. And over here it should be so I marked indications and so I'll round it and then I'll go to those determined points. And then I'll connect the dots in between. So that's Ooh. that's what I plan on doing. There's going to be a cuff like where you rest your feet. There'll be a, like a steel cuff on each leg. So that's really important because I'll machine those on the metal lathe. So that cuff has to be the right interior diameter for all of them. They'll be a little variable, but I mean, I'll do my best to keep them perfect to the eye. But perfect to the ruler is a different thing. So that one point and then the tip and then the top where it plugs into the bottom of the, the stool seat that I'll make. Those are the, the critical measurements. Everything in between, I'm just going to try and taper them so they all look natural. Hmm. I'm sure I'm going to screw it up.
0: Well, I was going to say, I guess as long as you're really only getting four of them, you're focusing on four at a time, getting them as close to each other mm-hmm. as possible. And then the next four, you know, they're going to be yeah. close enough.
2: Yeah, like, it's
1: well, not like uh, you have to the have very first 16 one, legs
0: on one thing.
1: Well, the very first one that I did that I talked about that is going to be the master i'll keep that right in front and center every single time i'll use that as the one that i'll make sure everyone looks just like that one instead because when you start you know that's how things mutate you do the second or third one and you use that as your master and then you keep going and then the last one looks like a toothpick and the first one looks like a tree trunk and you're like oh i guess i was not paying attention to my (laughs) measurement i drifted a little bit (laughs) yeah that's cool so it'll be fun. It's a definitely a good challenge and discipline and it's it, it is like a zen exercise and just like really paying attention to what you're doing. Making sure and I, I prepared like four extra blanks just for mistakes. So and just to practice a little bit.
2: Hmm.
1: So it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I'll be sitting in at the front of that lathe until Wednesday night getting everything hmm. prepared. That's and, a lot of lathing. <laughs> so uh it is it is but you know what's good I'll be really good at lathing by the time I'm done
2: <laughs> you'll be an expert expert lather mm-hmm. and then I could tell somebody
1: <laughs> it's not turning it's lathing I'm an expert lather and you don't use the word turning anymore it's changed
0: <laughs> I've made 16 legs I know a thing or two about lathing <laughs> that's right <laughs> go right into it well that's cool that sounds like a fun way to just focus on something and get a whole lot done That's cool. Uh, David, what are you up to? What have you been up to? What are
2: you going to be up to this week? Well, I just put out a video uh, where I lathed a couple of plant pots, and I did one on the lathe and one without the lathe, and I thought that was kind of a cool way to to do it. It's a segmented thing, and to get around to not using the lathe, the the non-lathe one I built in sections and bandsawed the outside and drum sand or uh, spindle sanded the inside and then glued those sections together so it looks like a lathed project and that came out really good and it's it the last five videos the view count has been lower so that doesn't motivate me to go out in the shop because i'm like what what am i doing wrong or now doesn't seem to be a good time to make videos but this video is completely normal just slightly maybe slightly above normal so that's definitely encouraging so that uh, that's what we put out last week. And then this week, I think my shop is a total disaster right now. And I get so many comments of, your shop is so clean. How do you keep your shop so clean? So I might do a little, little vlog of like, this is what my shop looks like after a project. It's not as clean as you think oh, it yeah. is. And then we just reset and start over every time we start a new project. So I might shoot that today. And then tomorrow I might start shooting little... Wiener dog ramps for the couches—something that collapses can slide underneath the couch, and then maybe springs back up for wiener dogs to get up uh, on and off the couch. Mm. Hmm. Mm-mm.
1: Nice. Mm-mm. you should
2: make wiener dog ladders. They probably <laughs> like ladders more than ramps. <laughs> if I know wiener dogs, I don't. <laughs> and you do. <clears throat> so yeah, yeah that's uh, no, that's cool. That's what I'm working on. No, no movement on the uh, go kart. Uh, there, there has lately. there has been. I've been doing. I'm really motivated to work on the go kart. So technically, the first race of the season is May third, um, which probably not going to happen right now. In Ohio, we have our mandatory lock-in shutdown or whatever it's called until May first, and I'm pretty sure that's going to get extended. And um, which is, I'm all for. The, the lockdown and staying home I'm all for that. So um, but I've been pretending like that is my my deadline to get one of the carts ready. So I the new carts I'm not going to race it when it's done. I want to wait until there's an open practice where I can kind of see make sure everything is going to hold up and so I I put that on hold for a little bit and then on a whim decided to strip down the old one to bare metal and repaint it and so that's what i've been doing and a lot of just grinding paint away and then just using rattle can and it looks it looks like a brand new cart like dirt go carts Mm. are kind of messy and oily and dirty and and um it looks like a a brand new cart so uh that's that's just been my little passion project and over the last week or so just cleaning that up and i haven't been filming any of that it's awful for for me but i'm gonna get back to the t- finishing up the the new weld welded one real soon and uh, maybe we can talk about this on the show but that's been kind of my passion project and it's like the thing that's motivated me and i don't know what i'm gonna do with myself when that's done and so after bob talks about what he's working on maybe we can talk about uh the, the emptiness of completing a pra- passion project
0: yeah I think that's a real thing for sure um, uh, so for me over the last week or so let's see last week we put out a video about the I made a guitar rack for multiple guitars um, I have six or seven guitars between guitars and basses. and I've never had a rack big enough to hold them all in one place. So I've always had like a couple on a rack, one on a stand, two on the wall. You know, it's just like they're not all in one place. And so I finally made this simple rack, but I made it adjustable so you can actually add little hooks to set the neck in. So you can slide them around on the bar, but you can also add more if you want to. Um, Not that I plan on getting any more guitars because I really, really shouldn't. (laughs) But you could... (laughs) <laughs> one could theoretically if one what happens
2: two. is you um, say like I've said this like I don't need any more guitars I have too many and then I start selling them but then you see the perfect one and you're like that's the one yeah. that's going to get me back in the music and then you buy it <laughs> that's what happens <laughs> I went to when we were in Chicago to work with Rob Scallon
0: we went to this music store and I can't remember the name of it right now but it's in the video that we made about it and this place was incredible like Super tall ceilings, and the walls were lined floor to ceiling with guitars. Like, I can't even imagine. There were probably 300, 400 guitars in one room on the walls. And, like, they had, like, a a rolling cart with steps you would have to go Hmm. over, pull it over, and go up two flights of these (laughs) stairs or whatever, you know, and get to the top. It was so big. And there's a video of it. You can see how big the place was. But it was... It was the place that you would find that guitar that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. That, like, one. Oh, there's that one I've never seen before. It's got all the right stuff. It's all the right color. It's uh, 19xx, whatever year, you know. <laughs> but there were so many of those that I walked in there and I was excited to look at guitars and I was completely. Too much. It was too I, much. I don't know. Yeah, there's I don't know fifty strats. I can't tell the difference between them because they're so far away from me. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and there's fifty of these, and there's fifty of those. And I don't want to. It was wild. Hijack what your 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 guitar stuff, but I did a guitar maybe four years ago, and in that video I said, now I'm going to. I can't remember if I made that one on the C. No, I did make that one on the CNC. And in the video, I said I'm going to make a non-CNC one, and I'm also going to do a video on the finishing. I never did either one of those, and I still get comments every once in a while, like this guy never put out the video for the other ones. And, and I don't. know. So I just yeah. never got around to it. There is a, um, there's a band. Uh, they're called Local H. I think they're out of Chicago. And they've been around since the the mid '90s, and it's, it's a two piece band. And he has his guitar is a guitar and a bass, so he has it's it got six guitar strings on there. But over the top four guitar strings, he has a a bass pickup that's angled over those strings. And then there are two outputs out of the guitar. There's just the regular guitar output, and then the for the guitar pickup, and then the bass pickup goes out into an octave pedal and then they go to different amps and so he's actually has a guitar and a bass kind of out of the same same thing and i've always wanted to make that just to just to play around with it and so that's a potential guitar project for me in the future and i just totally hijacked what you're doing but no but
0: that's cool yeah. that that's a good
2: idea that'd be pretty
0: awesome yeah a lot of people every time i've done anything to do with guitar pro you know stuff like and I have another guitar ish project coming up soon. And every time I do any of that people are like, "Why don't you ever play your guitar in the video?" I'm like, "Well, it's not relevant at all for to for you to see me play a guitar <laughs> when the video is about a guitar rack or about finishing a guitar or a, you know. And but people always do it and uh so I might end up putting a little clip of me playing in one of these upcoming ones just to satiate that. But it's one of those things where like you didn't ever make the that one video about making the guitar people will stay on you about it and every time you bring up anything to do with music you're like hey remember that time you said you were going to do a thing and you didn't do it
1: hey what about the time i so, <clears throat> i sent somebody a clip of me playing the trumpet what happened to that
2: i yeah I, yeah david what happened to that i did not <laughs> there's a lot of things going on i'm not i don't <laughs> I'm just wondering. That's, yeah yeah because it could be, the it could be like the uh, the making a jam yeah. Yeah, I, one of these days I'm going to take that chop it up and turn it into a song. It's actually it's right here on my on my on my desktop. The file is named IMG4780. I'm looking at the file you sent me right here. <laughs>
0: Nice. Yeah. Well, you you do that, and we'll all finish up our uh, postcards that we're going to be working on. Oh,
2: we got to do our Corona we'll post- last November. Postcards. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. We have so many projects. I could, I could, my the rest of my career could be me finishing up the projects that I said I was going to do <laughs> in previous videos. <laughs> That's true. You want to well, do the at we got home the
1: time? Want to do the isolation postcard series? Ooh, oh. quarantine. Not a bad idea. Quarantine postcard hmm. series. <laughs> <laughs> but see now,
0: you, now you're giving us stuff that we have to do, like putting pressure on. Like that's that's topical. That's right now. I, um, anyway, so we're making the we made the guitar rack. Put the guitar rack out last week, and um, it is the first video in quite a while that has been. It's still underperforming a little bit, but is inching back up to kind of normal thing. And after we talked about that last week, we had quite a few people send messages and on Patreon and stuff. People talking about. How their personal, you know, uh, routines were kind of messed up and they don't watch stuff like they normally would or they're just not in a space where it makes sense for them to, you know, they have other stuff on their mind and they're sitting down to watch YouTube is just not a big enough priority. Absolutely understandable. Um, and I don't think any of us were really complaining about th- that stuff. It's just, it's an interesting thing to see right? It's like anecdotal. It's interesting in all of the stuff that's going on, the way that that affects us is we can see it in our views, you know. Mm -hmm. Which is not great, but it's not a huge deal either. Anyway, this video is beginning to uh, go back up closer to normal numbers for us, which is a little encouraging for me. And, let's see, this week, I don't know, like I've been trying to kind of knock out projects. Oddly enough, I don't remember if I talked about this last week or not, but shooting videos myself again has internally forced me to scale them down a little bit, which makes them a lot easier to do. (laughs) And I, like I shot two project videos by myself last week and I'd never do that ever. Um, but finished two and almost started a third. And finally Friday, I was like, you know what? I'll just wait till next week. Like, (laughs) I don't need to try to cram in. (laughs) Um, so I've got like multiple things I'm going to be doing this week. Um, and, uh, Yeah. I don't know. This stuff's going well. It's just still weird working on, you know, all the stuff at a distance with my team. We have a, a call every morning and kind of catch up with each other and check on each other and talk about who's responsible for what. And we are sending a huge amount of video, uh, over the internet, you know, just me getting files to people to edit and stuff, which is kind of crazy, but you know, it's working out. Um, going pretty well so david you brought up a a topic idea you want to take that and run
2: with it so the uh the go-kart build has been uh, we'll call it a passion project i didn't know it was going to turn into that but that's what it's been it's something i've been working on for a few months over the winter just slowly not filming it just when uh when the inspiration strikes or when there's time i'll I'll go out there and i'll start welding it together and um it's coming out so much better than i thought that i it's really exciting and it's something i think about constantly and it's going to be over soon maybe in the next month or two and there's going to be this this emptiness i don't know like I, the excitement to go out into the shop and to work on something I, it, it feels like that's not going to be there and so part of me doesn't want to finish it maybe like i'm all i'll always want to add something or do something to it and i don't want to take it out onto the track to mess up its its beautiful pristine state um so i just want to and i know bob you've had the arcade build that was a big thing that you did a few years ago and you took your time doing that and then you're doing that with the r2d2 build like when those are over do you have this weird emptiness feeling inside you
0: I mean for me I I did at the arcade because that was that seemed like a at that point in my life that seemed like a thing that like I why in the world would I have an arcade machine like no human has that in their house that doesn't make any sense why would you spend the time or the money or space to do that and so it seemed like an impossibility and then when it was done it was like whew, okay uh now what you know it was that exactly what you're talking about I felt that but I think one good thing about what we do is that we have this churn, this like constant idea churn that where things are coming in and we're organizing the ideas of like, which one makes the most sense right now and which one's priority and which one do I have the materials for, which one do I have the design for? We're constantly like juggling all that stuff, the details around projects, multiple projects at one time. And so that made it easier for me to not feel like, well, I guess I'm done, you know, because I had other Mm -hmm. stuff like in line but there was kind of like a uh, a holy grail kind of empty grail thing yeah. that was like there needs to be another whatever. And then R2-D2 became that for me because it was nobody would ever do that. Like it's totally unrealistic. It's incredibly expensive. It's a huge amount of time. It's what are you going to do with it when you're done? You know, it became this other thing. And then somehow I got started on it. And I think I'm part of the reason... R2D2 is taking so long is because I'm hitting that thing that you're talking about. Where I'm I've made a lot of progress on it. I can see that it looks like R2D2. It's over my shoulder. I can see it. But if I keep going at the same pace as I started, it's gonna be done. Then what? You know? Right. And so there's part of me that's like, well, it's it's at a pretty good place. I can just like back off of it for a while and and do this other stuff. And in the meantime of you know, it waiting, it being half done. I'm like, well, we got the farm, which then opens up a whole bunch of other projects, potential long-term things. I'm like, well, I'd love to build an A-frame out there someday. That's going to be a huge passion project, kind of, you know, multiple year time investment kind of thing. And then, well, if I have the space out there in the barn, like I should get a car to work on Mm. someday, you know, Mm -hmm. not anytime soon. But it, so I think it's a combination of, For me, it's like as I see the end of one coming, I start looking for another holy grail kind of totally unrealistic thing to put in the queue so that there's something out there to kind of look towards. And I think once I start to get the design for the A-frame and start to figure out the cost and the actual realistic stuff around getting it started, then I'm going to be like impatient to start that, which means I have to finish (laughs) R2-D2. So I think that's the way that I work where it's like, this is going to pause. It's going to be in limbo until it's in the way. And then I'm going to like work on it, work on it, work on it, knock it out so that I can focus fully on
2: this next, whatever's interesting. I think for me, like it's easy to just say, Oh yeah, come up with another big project and and then work on that. But I don't have that other big project. And I don't want to pick a big project just to have a big project to work on. I want it to be a natural thing to me. Like the, I didn't, Six months ago, I didn't know I was going to do this go kart build. I didn't even care about racing six months ago, so it was just a thing that happened, and I got really interested and involved in it. And so, I'm just going to let that next project just happen. So I am excited mm-hmm. to do it, and um, I don't know. It, it just go ahead.
0: Well, one thing that's kind of cool is is that you know you're building this for. Uh, for a seasonal thing, right? So you're working on it really hard to get it done, but then once it's done, you get to use it. It's not like it's done and you're going to hang it on the wall. Right. I guess you could hang a go kart on the <laughs> wall, which would be interesting, but you're going to be able to immediately go into theoretically racing it and all of the modifications and the versioning that's going to come with using it. You know, you're going to have to come back and be like, oh, well, I need to change this geometry; was a little bit off, mm-hmm. or it's you know improvements. There will be changes that come with it. But so that's really cool because by the time you get done, you will be chomping at the bit to use it. And then every time you use it, you will find things that you have to be fixed, have to be upgraded, replaced. And then when you get to the end of that racing season, you're probably going to be like, whoo, let's set that aside for a little while. (laughs) You're probably, you know what I mean? probably right, yeah. So it'll be kind of ongoing, I'm sure. Yeah, and had, then and then you'll you know you'll be like next time I need an eight wheeled go kart. Right. I'm gonna figure out how to make it. Right.
1: I had a similar experience with the canoe, because it was such a huge long project. It took months to finish, and as soon as I was finished with it, I, I, Brett could tell you I, I wanted to immediately start making another one just because of the process was was so much fun for me and. I actually started making another one, but I made the very the way you started to make the stems it 's the curved parts at each end. I did those first uh, for my second version, and I just never got back to it and last week, Taylor said after we went canoeing, she said, I want to build one now. I was like, all right, we were, I already got some of the complicated stuff, the very beginning complicated stuff. That's where you bend the wood over the shapes. I said, I got that started. So we just got to set a place and start planking it. So that, that's a very slight possibility. But in all reality, I really do want to start a different, a different type. They have a, a really cool rowboat. It looks kind of like a little Chris craft in, uh, in their line. And I want to build one of those and uh it's it's a kit but it really is just a pile of wood and a set of plans it's a really it's mis- people misunderstand when they say oh, oh it was a kit you didn't just build it it was like a kit i'm like <laughs> well it was basically you buy a supply of wood from them and you follow a set of drawings so it's a kit but it's not a model it, nothing's cut for you nothing's prepared you you decide the mm. everything and you have a picture to go by as a guide but how you make it is completely up to you so that's something I want to do. So I've had that same feeling. We're like, okay, this is a great project. This is super fun. It's visual. It's it's great. I have something extremely practical when I'm done. I want to do it again. And I have canoes yeah. hanging everywhere. Look look above my head <laughs> Where is it? Look above your head. Oh, oh you do have. A see, that's so cool.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's the <laughs> one Nick
1: made. Nice.
0: Oh, speaking of, can can we jump off topic for just a little bit yeah, and come back sure. to this real quick? So, we've been watching Making It, season two. Mm-hmm. And, like, we watched season one. It's not really my thing, but, like, you know, it's just not a show that, uh, whatever. It's fine. It's not my thing. But we watched it, and I was disappointed that there was very, very little Jimmy in it. Not little Jimmy, how you but very little of Jimmy. Yeah, I can imagine how you feel. Because while I was thinking, like, you know, they've got to do better. Just like the just random roll of the dice. He's got to be in it more season
1: two. Good grief, man. Yeah, I was like, I was They armed. had you walk in for like two scenes. Season oh, one, uh, they hardly film me. They used to do what's called like on the fly interviews, OTFs, And they did me like shoot week one. That would have been episode one. They filmed me, like, three times, like, on the fly. What did you think about the time so-and-so did this or whatever? Then they never did it again. And I was like, okay. And then I was in, like, a lot of action shots working, but I was never in any Pivotal's things. Like, they thought everybody was going to be running to the workshop season one constantly, and nobody came to the workshop. Every once in a while, there were, like, two people that used the workshop, and that was it. And everybody just stayed at their desk with hot glue and staple guns. And then season two, the shop was encouraged to be used more. And it was, a more, it was a more outgoing group and a little bit more established in the world of actual making. So the casting was a little different. So I got to be friendly with everybody and everybody was using the shop. And there was lots of great scenes of me helping people do stuff and helping people solve problems. And they could do full episodes of me just helping people do stuff. And they just chose not to use any of it. So I really didn't know what to yeah. expect when season two came out. And it's funny, I don't know if you guys saw on Twitter yesterday, somebody said, Jimmy, please tell me. He goes, I'm watching. I'm watching. As He goes, please tell me you're more than just an extra in this season. And I just wrote, well, dot, dot, <laughs> dot, dot, because he was, like, on episode two or something.
0: Yeah. So I mean, we have, like, one episode left for the season, and I keep waiting for, like... I mean, obviously, you're not a contestant. I get that you're not going to, and you're not one of the main hosts. You're not going to be a main player in, you know, like you're not going to get the screen time that anybody else is going to get. I understand that, but like, they keep talking about how accessible. Sorry, as a third party, this is frustrating for me. (laughs) They keep talking about like how accessible some of these projects are for people. They don't
1: show anything about how they could just do that. And I'm like,
0: you have someone there who can teach any of this stuff. Like just face him to the camera and give him two minutes. You want to make things accessible? It's unbelievable. Let the guy make it accessible for you. It's
1: unbelievable
0: because it's a competition. Ah, th- it's, it's unbelievable. It's to really, to it's just, <laughs> it,
1: it boggles my mind. It just boggles my mind that like they have access to so many to, to like our
2: audience and they completely ignore it. Yeah,
1: they it, think it's TV also is weird. better than what we do. I, I don't get
2: it. There's there is no explanation on why you're there. You just show up. And so we, all of us are expecting you to be in it, but if I'm a casual watcher, I'm going to be like, who the heck was that dude in there for a brief second? There's no explanation why you were there.
1: It's crazy. I know.
2: Anyway, sorry (sighs) to derail.
0: It's just like we were watching it. We've been watching it the last few nights. I know we're kind of late to the party. I am
1: in the last episode because they wanted everybody on the whole cast to be there when they reveal the winner and i got emotional because everybody just gets so i'm like crying like a little girl all excited and sad (laughs) and happy you know it was like tears of happiness because the girl who won everybody was really sweet like the last final the final of all the girls that are in the finale they were they were really all really great wonderful people that i remain friends with till today and the when the girl who won had no idea she was going to be the winner and so when she won she was just she absolutely is like I'm not winning this and w- another thing the show doesn't explain and I've talked about this a few times some places there really is the they show the, the, the judges walk around arbitrarily going you're the winner you're the winner they never actually show there is a real judging process they have mm. clipboards with checking things so like if you check these certain requirements there is a Like, okay, why did that person win? That doesn't look like they won, but they met all these other requirements that are on this like 20 uh, criteria that they try to choose. And so sometimes the judging is guided by the criteria and not necessarily what you emotionally think is the winner. I would love to see that. Mm. And they don't explain that. They don't show that at all. They just like, you win. And like, why? You know, it's like they might give you a brief, like, oh, you won because you meet the right things. But it just seems arbitrary and people wrote to me they're like, this show seems like it's not legit because the judging just seems emotional and nothing else. It doesn't seem like it's based on you know, on somebody's mm. personal whim, not necessarily like what the audience might think is a winner. Anyway, I always if they, they don't ask me my opinion, but my opinion would be show the judging process, show tools being used more often. The whole yeah. season two, the only time they show tools being used, and I'm not even kidding is when they virtually show a circular saw cutting the screen in half. You hardly ever see, (laughs) besides a glue gun or a pair of scissors, you don't see any power tools being used. Maybe they think that's inaccessible uh, to the audience. I don't know. Maybe that's why. Well,
0: Maybe you can't even speak to this. I don't know. But do you think there's... Is there a liability wrapped in that to where, like, if we don't show tools being used, maybe we don't accidentally show them being used incorrectly. And then, like,
1: that's exactly what I was just like thinking. They, they, they if you go back in my in my memory, I only watched two episodes of season two. But in my memory, I think they they didn't show the tools being used at all in the two episodes I watched, like no power tools, nothing mm-hmm. that plugs in getting used, maybe a screw gun. But there is some more
0: later on, but pink rollers and yeah. stuff.
1: But yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's part of it. I don't know. It's it's just crazy to me.
0: Anyway, they had a good opportunity, real, and they
1: just and then frustrating. then they're asking me for my ideas for season two, for season three, I should say, and then I sent over a list of ideas, and that was the end of it. I never heard back because then this new episode of our society kicked in. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this new reality
1: show. We can't show. see you
0: very much now either. Say <laughs> yeah. <See> it again. <laughs> the worst reality show ever. I said we we can't really see you right now anyway. Like we don't get you in real life because everybody's staying at
1: home. It's not yeah. cool. I did a live stream for the first time the other a uh, couple days ago. That was fun. I think I talked about that already. But the live stream was a lot of fun to do. I'll probably do I'll probably do like one a month now. And then my recent video that I just did, which was the the shaper where I used the shaper tool. And it was a lot of fun. I I joked before we started how, you know, let's talk about how the videos you think are going to do gangbusters do nothing and the ones that you expect to just get 50,000 views suddenly actually work and you don't understand why. Uh, I used the Shaper tool in the video. It broke 100,000 views yesterday, which would have been one day later which I was very surprised because I'm using a, a a digital tool to do a digital thing that people don't like CNCs it's expensive it's it's got a million things against it when you look at a broader audience but people really like it and they think it's a real novel tool I'm not I'm not uh representing them in any way they gave me a tool to experiment with and they actually included me in on the early development which I was honored to to let they let me test drive one of the handmade prototypes and I did a video about that. And so it was nice to do that video three or four years ago and then actually run one of the production machines. The first time they gave me the machine to set up a file, whether it was going to be a a vector cut, you know, a path cut or, or, or a clear cut or a pocket cut, you had to set your files up in different colors. So you had to use like green, red and yellow. And I was just like, I'm never going to use this thing. If that's how this, I'm never going to use this ever. And so when the new machine came out, I thought that's how it still was. So I was just like in no rush to learn how to use the machine. But Aaron, <laughs> Aaron, I said, Aaron, just decode that for me and just give me the simple, simple way to use it. And so he did. And And there's a whole new interface on the machine, completely flushed out, really works well. You could set the depth of cut. It's all digital touch finger screen. What do you call it? Uh, touch sensitive screen. And you could choose. you Once your path is there, you could choose right there whether you want to cut on it, in it, outside of it. What do you want to engrave? How depth do you want to do it? The depth of cut. It's all right there. And it's super easy to use. And um, it's, it's just a re- much easier machine to use than the first one. But, again, that was four years ago. They had plenty of time to upgrade the software. And now the software is in the, is in the machine. It cannot be upgraded any time because you're always on the Internet with the thing. It's not, it's not cloud-based. You can stick a thumb drive in it and, and run it. It's, the cloud is really only just to upload files. So you go to the hub on your computer, upload whatever files you want to cut. And then when you're at the machine, if you have web web-based environment, you could just grab that file from the air put it in there but you could also Mm. just stick a thumb drive in it that's cool yeah and those files will always be there so if you keep them on the on the the shaper hub on their website you can always grab them you could be at somebody else's shaper in another part of the country and be like oh let me grab my thing let me sign in so that's what's
2: cool about it so i hmm. i bought one i think in october i still haven't even plugged it in
1: I'm telling you, it's so much easier. Right now is the perfect time. not
2: right it now is the really perfect is. time to learn
1: the trumpet, learn the shaper, learn Italian. You gotta go. <laughs> Jimmy says, <laughs> no, yep. it's much easier, and you'll be a little, you'll find it rewarding, and you'll feel like you put another thing in your arsenal of things you now know how to do. Hmm. Tell me, yeah. make like a router go kart seat or something.
2: <laughs>
1: well, bent hmm. lamination go kart seat with holes in it. <gasps> Pent lamination go kart seat with holes in it and a logo.
2: <gasps> I got a. Uh, are you? Are you... Oh, go ahead. What? Go ahead. I, go ahead. I was just. I was so just going to say. I, I don't. <laughs> I probably shouldn't reveal too much. Um, there's a. Uh, I'm going to be working with a CNC company and the CNC is like a normal CNC, but it can do special things and. Um, and I was going to take the shaper and do some sort of inlaid logo on my bench, but now I think I'm going to take what might be my new cnc coming in the coming months and and do that so the project that i had in mind for the shaper has now been put on put on hold but we'll see we'll see well,
1: that's why you gotta like you gotta like put your name on your mailbox or something something that you know that's that's why i used it too because yeah. i have i mean i have like a i have a gentleman's agreement with Shopbot tools to use their machine but this came along but i couldn't do what i did with the Shopbot tool anyway
2: yeah so. i uh yeah i I bought the shaper so I could use it whenever I want to or not use it when I want to and so that's the reason um, I got it and my thought is I'm going to use it to add a decoration. Like, I'll still make a mm-hmm. box or whatever the way I want to make it, or a desk or whatever, and then this could be the thing. Like, since I have this tool, I can do this crazy, fancy thing to finalize the piece to make it my own, you know? And so it, it yeah. won't take away from the video for the people who dislike the digital tools. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Hmm. Like I got a I, lot of good reactions. I, mean, I, I, hmm.
0: I tried one of those at Maker Fair, and it was a long time ago. Like, you were talking about, Jimmy, so the software, I'm sure, is it has changed quite a bit <clears throat> I've never been able to figure out a justification for myself to get one because of what you just said David like adding a decoration on at the end of something is like a good valid way to use that that doesn't lean on it too heavily it's like and and I don't do that much decoration like I I've learned that about myself over the years it's like I'm just a very I like plain things I like simple things like flat things like whatever and so i can't justify getting something like that for the decoration purpose uh, even though that's a perfectly good way to do it it just doesn't fit like how i work Mm -hmm. Um, but it's interesting to think about whereas you have all these other tools that can do the basic you know uh shape of a box or whatever and then you could use that for decoration but really that same tool from somebody else's perspective who doesn't have any of the other woodworking tools, you could make an entire box yeah. with that one thing. Yeah. And so, I mean, that may be another way for you to show it off and be like, hey, I'm going to do one video where I'm going to use table it's- saw and this and that, and that and that and that and that and shaper at the end. And then I'm also going to use the shaper mm. to make the same thing That's a
2: completely.
0: yeah. Because, I mean, that validates, in some people's mind, that would validate the cost of that machine because it theoretically you know generally could replace a bunch of other stuff in certain situations
2: that's a that's a really really good idea i mean because with a little cnc router like that i mean you don't need a full shop you just need a good five foot by five foot area and a table to work on and you don't need a table saw and a router and all that other stuff i know um once i do turn it on i need to update the software because the I know the newer software can do box joints and everything like that and there's this like you can flip boards up on its side and it'll cut the joints for you and so there's a lot of wow. cool things that you can do with it yeah and it seems like they're actively updating the software for new capabilities and features so hmm.
0: that's a good idea Bob. I would like to be able to justify one for myself but I...
2: well you did your um your your podcast table, you did the the cool design on the front of that, and then you you have a um, in that room you have a cool design painted on the wall. Like I don't know, I, I I could see that type of design just kind of inlaid into into senior pieces, and you know, yeah, that's yeah. true.
0: Yeah, you those are more recent. I have been trying to add more, um, like in the the kind of credenza thing I did recently. I just added some really simple. Lines in the front, like uh, radial lines in the front of it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find ways that will add decoration that are still kind of minimal and simple yeah. to me. You know, um, just a. It's like a half broadening my horizons. <laughs> <laughs> it's like,
2: and then uh, I'm not really going out, but you know. how easy? Like you have your little, um, your little mobile cart. I think for your sewing machine, and maybe you have like a little mm-hmm. leather craft area. Like, what if you had? Not typical drawers, but just like a big wood slab that came out and had all these pockets just CNC'd out of it. You know, like, like this is mm. a quick way to make a drawer. This is just two by fours glued together so it's an inch and a half thick that I just CNC'd pockets in there, you know?
0: That's a good idea. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I don't need any convincing to buy one. I'm giving you permission to buy one. <laughs> I appreciate that very much. Yeah, and. I'm still uh, super, I know we've talked about this a million times, but with the whole digital tool thing, I'm still super reluctant. I, I look for every possible way to avoid using them. And I know, and like, I don't get pushback from people when we do anymore. I don't get, rarely do I have anybody complain about using the CNC when we use it. But it's just, I think there's still part of me that just wants to find another way, if possible. You know, There's
2: also the challenge of, how do I make this interesting? so what's the story behind it because um it's really easy to say i drew this up in the illustrator and then i outputted it to machine and then where's the there's no interesting video there's no story in there so it makes it a little bit harder to shoot video well
1: that's that's why i always try and make it a a couple days i was gonna say i try to make it a means to an end like when when i involve you know it's like when it is just the end that's when i'm like this is going to be a tough one like kind of like the shaper that i just did but when i did the 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 digital stained glass window i try to use it as to make something interesting like a result that you wouldn't just come right off the machine and be like okay i'm done you know it's got to be something that like the chair that i made where the tabs all bent together you know just i'm always trying to think of like the ta-da moment that's a little bit Mm. different than you would expect when it comes off the machine
0: I think that's a good point, is is it that it's a step in a process, not the process. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's what a lot of people think digital tools are. They are the entire process. And I guess they can be. It's a lot of times they uh, are. But yeah, it's not super interesting to me. Somebody left me a comment the other day and it said, I wish you would 3D print more. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> really? Like, what a weird... I, I don't know. like. That didn't even make sense to me. Yeah. You, you want to see videos of my 3D printers running? I don't understand. <laughs> you have a live them, camera like, going. Where's the draw there? Where's yeah? It, I don't know. So I mean, anytime we use 3D printing, it's like we all here have the tendency to like, oh well, we could just print it. Well, yeah, we could, but like you're saying, David, it makes for a terrible story. It makes it completely uninteresting if that's it. If you print a piece to do a here's the project, ta da. If there's finishing, some unique finishing process after it, maybe, or if it's molded and casted, Mm -hmm. you know, after it, or if it's a component that helps something else happen more, you know. So we rarely even show um, time lapses of 3D printing anymore. We don't show any of the modeling process because that's not the compelling part of the thing, and we try to minimize it as much as possible. But it was really interesting to see somebody say, I wish you would 3D print more, because it seems like the complete opposite of what you would expect. You know, where other people are like, well, I don't have a 3D printer, so that part's not interesting to me. Yeah. That's one just wanted to, like, get rid of all that woodworking and all that metalworking and all of that. This, let me see some 3D printing. <laughs> like, all right, you know, <laughs> a, a funny
1: reaction to a lot of people had, not a lot, maybe, maybe like five or six comments I saw in my comments on that video were, man, that thing is so cool, but that tape is just so expensive the tape is so expensive the tape that you lay down (laughs) like what is wrong with you that's like saying i love that car man but having to put gas in it just costs too much money man (laughs) it's a consumable that you can probably photocopy and probably do exactly the same thing
2: you i don't think you can because i don't think you can because it is uh it looks like dominoes Ah. there is no repeating pattern on the dominoes oh really Mm -hmm. yeah so well, they,
0: anyway. they developed a some special piece of software to be able to make a, a an in, I I'm air quoting infinite length of tape that has no repeating pattern in it because they wanted to be able to just continually create this stuff to be used by everybody on every machine forever, and so they had to write a whole deal to be able to just generate that pattern. No
1: kidding! I didn't know that. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty cool. But the, anyway. uh, the point is, is the tape, you could save it if you want. I mean, you could lay it down and pull it back okay. up gently. I mean, it doesn't, it's not like, it's kind of like, it's got like the stickiness of like a, a post-it note. But I mean, if you want it to be that crazy. Mm. The other thing too is in the video I described, I show how you could reuse the environment infinite number of times. So that board that I made, I made a video, uh, I made a board in my video that, and Sean that I met at WorkbenchCon gave me the idea He's like, you could make a board that you can cut through the pattern. So, for instance, your logo, oh,
2: you can always oh, yeah. cut
1: through that, and you could just reuse that board over and over and over again. So, I'll just hang it on the wall when I want to apply a logo yeah. somewhere. You pull it up, the, the the camera on the the origin or the shaper reads that environment and goes right to it. You don't even have to when select
0: it when I was when I was trying the machine in at Maker Faire, and I, this was probably three or four years ago. I don't remember; it was a long time, but. I was asking them about that, about, you know, using the tape again or transferring the layout, and, you know, he was saying that it has to be exactly, like, you would have to move the board, like you're talking about, not take the tape up and put it down somewhere because it wouldn't be exactly relative to each other. But his example was um, if you wanted to – I can't remember how he said it now, but basically he was like, if you wanted to make an arcade, a a small arcade machine or something, you could cut out the shape – And then take that template that you cut out the piece, lay it on the side of this van right here, and glue it in place, and then cut that same shape out of the side of the van. And obviously you wouldn't do that. But the idea of that, being able to take a horizontal template that you've made, and then just anywhere in the world, on any surface, no matter if it's vertical or whatever, just like plop it on and recut the thing. Like That, in my mind, was the biggest oh, kind of like, I see why this tool would be amazing now. Mm-hmm. You know, cause you could do, you could do floor in, I don't know how we're talking about this we're like sponsored <laughs> by them or anything, but, um, and it also sounds like I'm trying to talk myself into buying one. I'm not, because <laughs> I've already been over this in my head. I'm going to get a text from but you later there, today you know, saying you purchased one. <laughs> <laughs> Being able to make a template like you're talking about and then drop it onto a hardwood floor or drop it into a you know a wall that's existing or a door that's already in place, like some different surface that you can't get a traditional CNC onto. Um I, I think that's one of the things that really like opened my eyes to like I see why this is cool now. Mm-hmm. It's not just that it's handheld, it's that it you can you can really use it in a bunch of different places that wouldn't ever be possible otherwise.
2: One of the um Anyway one of the appealing things to me is i don't use a cnc a lot but when i do but when i in my past there's always been a certain amount of error i've not set my zero right or my height or something and i messed up a piece and there's something about holding the machine And knowing exactly where it's going to carve makes me feel a little bit better. Like I'm not going to ruin this project. I wouldn't want to take something that I've spent 30 hours on and then throw it on the CD or CNC bed and hit carve. I see, you know, I see like Frank Howard do this and I'm like, oh my gosh, what if this was the moment that just ruined your last two weeks, you know? And there's there's just something about holding the CNC, seeing on the screen where it's going to go just makes me feel better about that.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it seems pretty cool Anyway um, You guys got anything else on this? No Random conversation (laughs) that we ended up in?
2: Everything is random Um, now That's true
0: Well let me thank our Patreon supporters While you guys figure out what you want to recommend Um, Big thanks to everybody that helps us out At patreon.com slash making it We are really grateful for all of you uh, especially our top supporters Corey Ward works by Solo Chad from Mancrafting, Maker and Training Fun Kiss, Artistic Creations, Blondie Hacks You Can Make This Too, Odin Leather Goods Jenny and Davis and Albers Woodworks But there's a huge list of other people um, That help us out over there as well At all different levels And everybody gets the after show Which is more of us talking And often secret things Upcoming things, behind the scenes things
1: Ooh boy Sometimes So Jimmy many things hands on so many interesting so many things games. happening <laughs> <behind the
0: scenes. laughs> if you want to help us out we would appreciate it um, and if not that's totally cool as well one thing I would like to ask I ask on occasion for you to share the show with somebody that you think might like it somebody that makes stuff somebody that normally would have a commute maybe or somebody that's bored now I don't know if you if you can think of somebody you think might enjoy it share the show with them that would be cool yeah. we would appreciate it Mm-hmm. All right, David. Okay.
2: what you get? Mm-hmm. This one, okay. it's going to sound not interesting at all. It's crazy. <laughs> Way to build it up. I know. The, the title of the YouTube channel makes no sense to me, and the subject of the YouTube channel is going to make no sense to you. But the title of the YouTube channel is called 3D Bot Maker, and there is no 3D bot making at all. It is all Hot Wheels races. So, it is, it is, it's, it's exactly how, like, the guy has set up a track. Huh. And... (laughs) It is so overly produced and so well produced. It is Whoa. mind blowing. There are announcers. There's two. There's like the color guy and then the, the, um, what do you call the opposite of the straight man? <laughs> is that what is? I don't know, but there's, there's, there's like two announcers. There's the, the guy, the, the, the play caller and then the guy doing the color commentary. And it is so well filmed like the camera ang- like there's multiple cameras and it, the way it follows the action the whole set is absolutely beautiful so you can my buddy Brian um he sent me this link and he made a hot wheels car and you can send it to this guy and this guy will race it and he has little little tur- tournaments it's just it's so well this done it's unbelievable hmm.
0: it's there's like Tournament. The, it, that's so funny. The
2: graphics, like it is, way overproduced <laughs> in a beautiful, perfect it's really way. Cool. Yeah. Say the name again. I'm going to write it down. 3D Bot Maker. Three.
0: <laughs> wow. There's a Ferrari tournament. <laughs> it's
2: so
1: good.
0: It the is a Mustang tournament. That is super cool. It's so exciting. Oh, there's the custom General Lee. I had the General Lee Hot Hot Wheel when I was a kid. <laughs>
2: That's awesome. I used to take my Hot Wheels and smash them with hammers. So I would have like crashed cars and then, you know, play with them with my my normal cars. Yeah. I had one
0: Hot Wheel that had, no, I had two of them. And they had a crash like thing built into them to where the hood would flip over. And so you could flip it to where it was normal. And then when it ran into something, the hood section would flip over or the
2: doors would flip around and it would crash. I had the Skeletor from he-man with the with the chest where you punched it in the chest oh yeah yeah
1: yep you guys remember nice. this is you guys are too young for this remember ssps where you pull a ripcord from the big wheel in the middle you remember that though right Is a big I remember, flywheel record tool you pull a plastic ripcord and the oh, flywheel yeah. would spin you'd put it down and it would shoot across the room yeah i had the i had the one the evil knievel like jumper thing the thing that jumped over snake river canyon but they had the ssps that would hit each other you'd Drum them into each other, and all the parts would fly off them. They had like impact zones <laughs> in the oh. nose, and it would le- release all the body panels. And me and my cousin would drive them into each other, and we'd spend hours looking for the door or the grill, or the thing that shoot across the room.
2: <laughs> well, I remember like in in the eighties, you would see these commercials for the you know like the little motorcycles, and it had the little plastic rip cord, and you you pulled that, and you mm-hmm. set the motorcycle down, and then the commercial it jumps off the ramp and it lands on the other side, and like but when you do it, it just flops and doesn't work at all (laughs) yeah well it's because the kids
0: don't pay attention to the little white line of text at the bottom that says like you know not a real representation of this toy or
1: whatever it was your results may vary now the Evil knievel Um, things never disappointed the Evil knievel racers with the with the wind up box you'd stick them in and you go oh yeah you know what shows i'm talking about
2: uh, yeah, you guys are did, too young. Yeah. I think. Yeah.
0: No, I, I no, I, I've seen it. I didn't have
2: it, but there's oh God, a there's a like build like up with that. with that was a perfect sound representation of yeah. of that because it kind of builds it up and it creates that that tension, and then you're because you, yeah, you had like a seat. you had
1: like a four inch gear going to like a four tooth pinion gear on the on the on the, on the motorcycle. All right, Jimmy, mm-hmm. what do you got? Oh, 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 oh. I was going to just shout out Nick Zimetti because me and Nick have been talking a little bit about the Maker Central. I've talked about Nick before, but Nick has been really doing some interesting stuff uh, on YouTube. He turns stuff and he's been casting all kinds of crazy things in resin. So Nick Zimetti is also the gentleman that puts on Maker Central, which was going to be May. Now it's going to be in August. Hopefully everything gets back to normal. So check out Nick Zimetti for interesting turnings in resin and he recently put flowers in resin. He keeps experimenting.
0: Yeah. He's doing some really crazy stuff. Um, yeah. Pretty cool. And some stuff's not turning. I mean, he just does some really interesting, just like weird combinations of things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so mine, I it's kind of, it's not a cop out because it's really interesting to me, but everybody knows about it already. <laughs> this old house Obviously, this old house has been around forever, right? Jimmy's been on this old house. But recently I've been thinking about, I've been subscribed to them for a long time, but I generally don't watch the videos because a lot of the videos are about specific uh, homes or big, you know, certain things that I don't really need to know how to do. So I don't watch a lot of them. Recently, a few of them have come up that have been just uh, tangentially Connected to things that I want to do, and uh, like future project type things. So I've been watching more of the little, like there was one recently on how to run power to a shed, underground. And so the guy just walked through the process of like expanding your your box, and then you know how to dig a trench, how to run the line, what depth, and you know build up a new, put in a new box at the. It was not super detailed, not like you would. know absolutely everything you needed to know but it gave me the general concept of it enough and reminded me of a few things that I had to make sure to look into to get the code stuff right you know and so I watched one of those and then I ended up watching a couple more the next few nights because now they're popping up in my feed more and I just I don't know I guess I forget at how useful a lot of their smaller videos are to just homeowners and to people that want to make little improvements or how all of these little pieces that they're doing can be combined together into some of their bigger projects, into their home renovations and all that stuff. So, you know, just don't forget that this old house has small, useful videos as well as the big, grand renovation-type stuff, which is crazy to watch, like, especially watching their Instagram, all the stuff that they go through to, to... Change those houses and the amount of work that goes into them, man. Not so. Anyway, yeah. that's what I got.
1: Yeah, ask this old house is good for a lot of resources.
0: Yeah. Uh, you guys got anything else?
1: That's
2: it
0: apparently not okay well i hope everybody listening is <laughs> i'm gonna is go well. lathing
1: i'm gonna go lathing <laughs>
0: go, go go lathing he's he's chomping at the bit to go lathing
1: i'm making that uh, thanks a word. for listening
0: everybody now Thank and uh hope that that you are well <laughs> stay well and uh we'll
1: keep busy you soon. keep it keep your hands and your mind busy it's important love you
0: see you guys later